With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. Slightly later uh, than usual, but uh, the Aussies, uh, man, uh, they know how to celebrate uh, when they are through to the final of the Cricket World Cup where they will take on India and uh, got it done reasonably comfortably. If you uh, missed all of the action, uh, the, uh, it wasn't the run fest that we saw yesterday, and uh, both teams struggled with the bat a bit. In fact, the South African top order, they batted first. Uh, their top four batsmen were all uh, dismissed for 19 runs. Quinton de Kock out for three. Timber Bavuma, who had a hamstring injury coming in, question mark over whether he was going to play, was out for a duck. Rassi van der Dussen out for six. Aidan Mark, uh, Markram out for ten. Then Heinrich Klaassen with 47, and David Miller with 101 turned things around for the Protheas. They ended up making 212 all out in the final over Mitchell Stark. Uh, taking 3 for 34 off his 10 over Pat Cummins, 3 for 51 of 9.4 as well. And then the Aussies batted, and they didn't have it all their own way either. Uh, only Travis Head made 50. He got 62. Warner was out for 29. Mitch Marsa, Duck, uh, Steve Smith, 30. Lubbershane, 18. Uh, the Big Show, 1. Uh, Josh Inglis, 28. And it was up to Stark and Cummins, who were stars with the ball, to get the team home. And they did that. Aussie winning uh, with three wickets in hand and uh, 2.8, uh, 2.4 overs in hand as well. So Australia play India in the Cricket World Cup final, which is uh, Sunday night, New Zealand time. There'll be live coverage of that right here on SENZ. Uh, good morning, Kempe. How are you, mate? You got a little bit of an extra lion this morning, mate. Well, yeah, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? Um, knowing that the Aussies uh, were struggling there for a little bit. I was, I was mate, barracking for the South Africans to get that tail end out. But, no, nah, the Aussies, uh, what's that, I think... Uh, They've got a pretty good record, eight out of nine finals in it that they've been in. Um, I, was, I was just reading, so they know how to get there, the Aussies. I mean, they've got a really short turnaround, Rick, you know, for this Indian game. Uh, and I don't know whether it's enough um, of a break for them, but uh, everyone was everyone was picking the Australians and the Indians to be playing in the final. And unlike the Rugby World Cup, uh, it actually came true. That's what we got. Um, so... You know, can the, can the Australians turn the Indians over? Uh, Ten on the trot, the Indians looking really good. Coley, um, you know, just what else can that man do? I, I guess go out and win this for India. Be uh, be plenty of people supporting that. And uh, yep, if you were following India and Australia uh, as uh, the finalists for this World Cup, well, you got paid. They're both in it, and uh, yeah, it should be a good game this weekend. Yep, looking forward to it on Sunday night. Uh, coming up on the show on your fun day Friday, Sam Burgesson 
uh, before 7 o'clock for our Love Racing update. Sam Jones, uh, the newest Kiwi on the DP Tour, just qualified for the DP World Tour. We'll catch up with Sam at Barcelona Airport just after 7. Trent Mirren, uh, former league player, of course, is now helping players and working alongside players, particularly young players and their parents. Uh, we'll talk to him about what he is doing. And then Dan Raphael, uh, he is the voice of boxing in the US. He's going to join us to talk about this massive card in Saudi Arabia that is taking place on December the 23rd. We want to hear from you. It is SENZ Roll Call time. So text us now, double eight double three. Where are you listening? We want to know what you're doing, where you're listening, how you're listening to us. Uh, let's clock in for the SENZ Roll Call, double eight double three, double eight double three, And let us know where you are, what you're doing, and uh, how your Friday is looking. Now, we do have Who Am I as well, a $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here is clue number one. I have captained my country internationally and announced my full retirement in February of this year. I have captained my country internationally and announced my full retirement in February of this year. You know the answer to that? Double eight, double three hundred dollar Adidas uh, golf voucher could be all yours. All right, we're a little bit behind the eight ball, so let's just roll on. Let's get into this. Round one, fight. All right, Kempi, uh, DWZ has been featured in the NRL ad that is trying to sell the sport to the Americans ahead of Las Vegas, the Las Vegas round next year. Uh, they've got TV ads, it's playing in Stadia, etc. Do you reckon it'll take off? Well, it's not the first time they've been up there. They took State of Origin up there. Oh, I think there was a, the late 80s, early 90s that happened. And, of course, the Kiwis went up there in that that. Uh, that game that they played up there which was absolutely Denver, wasn't it? um yeah costly costly to them didn't they the 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 person that put it on there promised them all the money actually ran away with it all and uh, they didn't get a get a cent so um it, it's really hard to get the americans rick i've seen the ad uh already they've been found out for using someone else's uh image and got that wrong and people have picked it up and uh look i i think the collision, I, th- I think it would it would probably be better the promotion, um, in and around trying to trying to get people like how you how you do it going through colleges uh, and possibly playing it at a college, you know what I mean? So I know that they're trying to you know get the the game global and grow it globally. That's probably at the at the uh, forefront of their minds is like how do we get into that America's market. Will it will it sell out in Vegas? Well, people go to Vegas, make the gamble. They don't really go there to watch sport. Um, and I'm 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 interested to see actually how many people will actually go along to that on their weekend away on the strip, as opposed to uh, I'm going to have a weekend and go and watch some some league. Well, it's going to be interesting actually because what you said there, people go there to gamble, not to watch sport. But the big difference is in the last couple of years. Bookmaking on sport has become legal in America, and that has blown up. So now you've got the Vegas, uh, the Raiders have moved from Oakland to Vegas. Today, Major League Baseball, all the teams voted to allow the Oakland A's to move from Oakland to Vegas. And the next Formula One Grand Prix, which is this weekend, is where? Las Vegas. Vegas. Purpose-built tracks. It's becoming a bit of a mecca, mate. 
Well, that 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 point there, um, and here's one for the Dolphins who have been given a game uh, next year, their biggest game, the clash with the Broncos, is on a weekend up in um, Brisbane where they've got this big festival on and they've tried to partner with the festival to, to see how they're, they're going to attract people along to the game. Yeah? So wouldn't it have made more sense then if that was the case to try and tag in a game of rugby league as an exhibition into one of those sports? Well, you mean take the Dolphins-Broncos game out of Brisbane for, for that weekend? Well, I would have, pl- I would, I would have, I would have filled the stadium with... Um, Oakland or whoever whoever's playing there in the NFL and then played a game of rugby league as a curtain raiser. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's get to this one. Round two. Deontay Wilder has claimed that Anthony Joshua turned down $50 million US to fight him. What would it cost, Kempe, to get you in the ring with Deontay Wilder? <laughs> Mate, at first, it, it have, it, it's a terminal event. <laughs> that's, that, that's it. So there's no, there's no, there's no money in the world um, that would make me make that type of decision. I know a lot of people would jump in, um, but you probably wouldn't walk out of it with the with the way that those guys whack both Anthony Joshua and, and Dante Wilder. But to the point with that fifty million dollars, right? Like fifty million dollars is fifty thousand dollars to Anthony Joshua. He's made plenty. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know if that fight will ever happen. I know that the talk, you know, because it's now been official, Joe Parker up against Wilder, and, and you've got uh, Joshua fighting, what's, what's his name, Waylon, um, in, the un, in the undercard. I think that fight will happen. I actually think that, you know, the, the winners, which they're hoping will be, oh, geez, I hope Joe Parker, he's come out of bookies, I think he's $1.12 wider, or $1.14 to beat Joe Parker. Who's five bucks? If, if Joe Park upsets that cut, well, that's going to be interesting. But I think what they want is they want both those guys to win, and then straight back into it in, in the Saudi Arabia to, to fight again, um, Joshua and Wilder. I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Dan Raphael about that. Junior Farr is also on that card, so another Kiwi to keep an eye on as well. Round three. Now Anton Dupont. The French halfback is standing down from the French team for the Six Nations this season coming, Kempe, because he wants to play sevens. So uh, to to be able to be eligible, you have to play two uh, sevens World Tour events before you can be in the team to go to the Olympics, for example, or go to a sevens World Cup. So he's basically ditching uh, the French 15s and uh, and the Six Nations to go and play some sevens tournaments so that he can represent France at the Olympics, which, of course, are held in Paris next year. Uh, it's an interesting move. Michael Hooper's also announced he's going to be part of the Australian mm. sevens program. So which one all-black would you parachute into our sevens team for Paris? Well, there'd be two, really. Um, Mark That's not Talia the question. Be... Don't, don't Ma- you just make up the question. Come on, which one? <laughs> one. Well, Mark Talia's my number one. Mark yep. Talia is dead set. He's got spiders on him. When he's running, no one can touch him. You know what I mean? They, get, they can't touch him in a 15-man game. So, you know, you, you imagine putting Mark Talia in a seven-man game. Um, he, he'd he be absolutely explosive. You'd, you'd have the ball in his hands as much as possible. Just on DuPont, like, I'm, I don't... Does that make you quake in your boots? Like he's very good at fifteens, but in sevens, totally different game, mate. I'd, you know, I'd be, uh, I'd be surprised if he's going to make a hell of a hell of a difference to the French seven side. But if Mark Talier, on the other hand, went into the into our All Black sevens, uh, mate, there would be a dead set chance of gold medal. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I think so too, mate. All right, there you go. That is our triple threat. Your thoughts, double eight, double three, is the temper bedpost number. We also do an SENZ roll call, so shout us out. Where are you listening to us, and what are you up to this morning? Double eight, double three. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. 28 away from 7 here on SENZ. Flight Centre's big red sale is on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. Book now to save big. Let's have a look at some sports news headlines. And Red Bull's Max Verstappen isn't buying into the turbocharged hype around Formula One's return to Las Vegas, describing the race as 99% show and 1% sport. Having clinched the driver's crown weeks ago, Verstappen had already taken much of the drama out of the race and is open to staying for the glitzy showbiz promo around the event will not do anything to help ticket sales. But the Dutchman was unapologetic, reminding everyone on Wednesday that he's a driver, not a showman. Asked if he was looking forward to the event, the three-time world champion said, no, I think it's 99% show, 1% sport. They, the Formula One, will still make money if I like it or not. It's not up to me, but I'm not going to fake it. I always voice my opinions, positive or negative. It's just how I am. It's not really my thing. Some people like a show. I don't like it at all. You might be getting a tap on the shoulder from the F1 run, uh, people that run the F1 just quietly, but there you go. Uh, Long-distance runner, Josiah... Uh, Zakariski has been banned for 12 months by the UK Athletics Disciplinary Body on Wednesday for riding a car during a 50-mile race in April and then accepting third place. Data from the tracking system at the Great Britain Ultras Manchester to Liverpool run showed that uh, Zakariski, who represented Scotland in marathon at the Com Games in Glasgow in 2014, used a car for four kilometres of the race. And Rory McIlroy was left with the most awkward lie of the day during the opening round of the DP World Championship in Dubai overnight. The four-time major winner's tee shot on the par 3 13th somehow landed in the lap of a female spectator who was to the right of the green. Amid a lot of laughter, McIlroy went up, scratched his head, pretended he was going to line up the shot, and then went, uh, referee... Uh, basically, the woman had to remain in place while the crowd moved with her feet crossed and the le- and the ball lodged between her legs just above her knees. The match referee arrived and gave <laughs> McElroy a drop saying, there's a good spot underneath her. You can get up. Uh, so she got up, handed him the ball and then shot back to the gallery. McElroy then chipped onto the green and wound up with a bogey. McElroy has already clinched top spot at the TP World Tour rankings. Ended uh, the final event at one under for the first round and is four shots behind the co-leaders, Nikolai Hoygaard, uh, Matthew Pavon and Julian Guerrero. So there you go. There's a, there's a round to remember, Kempi. <laughs> It was getting better and better as you were talking about that. <laughs> I, uh, I actually saw that on socials, mate. Uh, she, she was a good sport. She just sat there. She didn't move. Uh, that ball, she had her legs crossed, and that ball had actually just above her knees had, had lodged um, in between her legs there. So Rory, Rory McElroy walked up and, and looked like he was going to play it to her, uh, to her as, uh, astonishment, but he uh, he did the right thing in the end. Hey, just on that running story, yeah. one of the reasons why I started laughing, because I've told one before about, you know, when I was in the first 15 and a mate picked us up, we had to run up to Tikarangi and back and uh, he drove us up there and drove us back. Well, another one, I was in, when I went the first went to England, Rick, and uh, I was only 17, you know, and they used to make, had to make us run out to this pub 
out at, uh, oh, I don't know, it was, it was about 5Ks out and 5Ks back on a cold Tuesday night. You know, the coaches, they would, they would you know, send you out and say, right, run out to that pub and back, and that's your training for the night type thing. <laughs> so I did the first couple, but I was out sick of it really quickly. And um, <laughs> I worked out that the buses went that way. You know, the double-deckers. So I used to yeah. take change, mate, and I let the guys go, and I'd jump on the bus, and um, I'd catch the bus out to the pub and, and jump out, and then I'd go and wait past the pub and wait for all the guys to, 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 um, to turn around, and then I'd, then I'd start running back behind them. And, and a couple of times, uh, I'd actually catch it there and then catch it back. And anyway, the coaches... <laughs> They got onto it one day, and I'm walking down the, dri- the driveway to the club. I'm, w- I'm well ahead of everyone at this stage. These bloody lights come on in the car, and uh, sitting in the sitting in the coach with Shag and Graham, the two coaches, mate. This is a 17 year old. Lucky I was playing all right. They would have sacked me. And they said, mate, <laughs> they just they wound the window down. They said, listen here, Tony. Don't ever do that again, lad. <laughs> I know I just went, oh, sorry, boys, and kept walking past. So I know what it's like, mate, with that marathon guy. I, I didn't take the prize, but, you know, um, mate, there'd be so many. If, you, if anyone's got a story like that, if they've, you know, or seen someone, I reckon those running stories, they're the funniest, mate. You know, my, my brother, I've told that one about my brother, though, when he, when he took off in that cross country. There's just something about running and people not wanting to run. There's a lot of people that don't want to run, mate. I am one of them. I am one of them. Um, <laughs> now, keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three. Here at SENZ, it is roll call time as well. We want to know where you are, what you're doing, and how you're listening to us. Dwayne is in Christchurch, our walking the dog. Thanks for your text, mate. Ash Mayo, listening on the app, whilst well, feeding our champion Dorper sheep in the Canterbury show. Uh, good luck with that, Ash. Morning, mates. I'm watching track work in Foxton, I think, uh, Wilder will KO Joe as the killer instinct and Parker's defence not good now carries his hands too low that is from Chris and then when Sean Johnson first left the Warriors and headed to Cronulla with the lure of appearing in the Olympics I did wonder how awesome he would have been at sevens oh he would have been great mm. hands down he would have been he would have been such a good organiser of sevens and like you see him in that um, that shorter format the way that he, he carved up the, the Auckland... Was it Auckland Nines or 10? I think it was Auckland Nines, nines. wasn't it? They called yeah, that. Nines, so, yeah. um, uh, he, was, he was absolutely outstanding. If he, play, if he played sevens for rugby, he would have been an absolute sensation. Yeah, it would have been absolutely massive. All right, there you go. Keep your ticks rolling through. Double eight, double three, SENZ Roll Call. Where are you? What are you doing? How are you listening to us? Let us know. We want to hear from you on this Friday. It is a good Friday morning. Friday mornings are always good, aren't they? End of the working week, well, for most of us anyway. Up next, it is Love Racing, and Sam Burgesson joins Uncle Tony. 6.43, and call us anytime, 0800-150-811-8833 on the Temper Bedpost text machine. The Grand Tour Racing Festival is back, and it's been a good week down in Ototahi Christchurch for the Tangerine Army. Sammy Burgesson joins us this morning, and Sammy, one of those winners this weekend, Warren Kennedy on the back of Fashion Shoot, 455,000 lengths behind, gets it up on on the day, mate. You must be pleased about that, Sammy. Yeah, morning, guys. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic ride. We sort of at the 600, we were thinking, oh, God, like it, it couldn't win, um, and you're hoping to run a place. Um, but fair play to Warren. Um, he, was, he was very patient. He sort of said after the race that 
he was always sort of confident that he, he could get there. They were running along in a good clip. Um, and we sort of knew we needed to hold her up for one last sprint. Uh, we just probably didn't imagine getting that far back. But, yeah, it was a fantastic win. And, and fair play to Warren and the horse. It was a massive effort. Yeah, it was a, it was a big effort uh, and at good odds too. You've had, a, you've had a good week so far, Sammy. Um, you're pleased with how things are going down there. And what's, and what's the weather shaping up for like tomorrow? Because I know there's been plenty of wind down there and the, and the track's been hardening up. Yeah, it's sort of hard, hard to gauge, really. Like, there was a, a little bit of rain forecast today, um, and it looks like it's come back. Um, they've chucked uh, plenty of water on. Um, so I'd imagine it would be a, a good track again tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, the, the really happy with um, the South Island team. Like we've, they've had a, a great carnival down there, and a, a massive thank you to Hunter and Kendall and the, and the team down there that have, you know, sacrificed a bit to head down there and, and look after the horses. They've had a fantastic run and, and got some uh, massive results and they're working really hard so it's, it's really pleasing um you know the, the the two boys in the guineas on the first day ran really well um and and we just sort of drew out a bit on with the other runners and it was sort of up and in that first day and then sort of played a bit more even on the wednesday and, and the, there was a few runners coming from from um a long way off them which was good to see so it'll be interesting to see how the, the track plays again uh, we don't have the flashes draws but we're really happy with the team um, heading heading into it, um, so hopefully, you know, with a bit of luck, um, we can sneak a result. Yeah, you've got plenty. You've got plenty going around tomorrow in Cup Day, um, the big day down there in Saturday. So we know it's going to be a full um, race course, full of people uh, and plenty of punters that'll be following the Tangerine Army. You got uh, Elmley B Race Two. You, you've you've pulled some unlucky um, draws out wide. Uh, how how do you think Elmley Boy will go? Oh, so so she's going to be scratched. So we. Um, uh, we ran a blade yesterday. She's just not 100% um, backing up. So she's just going to have a small break. And then you probably see her in, in sort of January, February racing again. Um, yeah, unfortunately, she just didn't handle the backup. So she'll, she'll go for a, a well-deserved break. Oh, good. Elegant lady, race three? Yeah, r- running in good form. She's one of the ones, I think, that one of the only ones that snuck actually a good barrier. Um, OP on. I think the step up to 2,000 is key. Um, yeah, and should get a, should get a lovely run. So hopefully she should be there or thereabouts. Perfect scenario, race five. Yeah, good to see him kicking off. We was meant to have a run sort of at Wellington on the way down, and unfortunately struck a heavy track, so we had to had to scratch him. Um, but he's travelled down well. Uh, the team are really happy with his work. He's got a bit of a niggly gait, um, and we've had to claim obviously with the, with the big weight. But uh, Lily Sutherland's riding in fantastic form. Um, I think he, he's capable of going a bold race fresh up. Yep, and fierce fight, race six. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a bit of an, an enigma. He's sort of mm. very in and out. His, his, his lead races probably haven't been flash. And then Warren said there, he's on the quick backup from Wednesday. Um, Look, if he wanted to do it, he'd he could, he'd certainly be in it. Um, but he, he's a bit of a cunning bugger, so we're, we're trying to pull out all the tricks with him at home, um, doing a lot a lot of different sort of variations of work and things like that to sort of simulate the brain because if, if he puts in, he'd definitely run a really good race. It's just just, just whether he wants to on the day. Am I, am I missing something in this race? Because Molly Bloom has been backed in, um, but you've got a couple of really good horses in this, a Star and Justice and uh, Viva Vienna in race seven, drawn wide. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, draws that haven't been kind to us um viva vienna it's just whether she sees out you know the strong mile we'll probably do something different and ride her a bit colder and uh, ride her for cover sort of trying right here to get the mile um but sam knows well his 
has one on her. Um, so hopefully he can get a bit of cover from that draw. And just, it'd, it'd be lovely to see her relax nicely and, and get a, you know, a late sprint at them. Um, and Star Justice is, yeah, she looks look, a filly with plenty of upside. Really happy with um, how she's going. She's obviously very lightly raced. But, you know, couldn't have been more impressive in her last two starts. Um, Opion as well, which is, which is a, a massive factor. Um, but, yeah, we're probably just going to have to see how we jump and sort of assess the pattern in the day um, earlier on and sort of make a plan from there. We normally yeah. don't give Opie too many instructions, and he, he normally doesn't get it wrong. So hopefully he can get one off somewhere, um, and I'm sure she can give it a really good shape with the right run. Well, he's going to have to do that with drawing the car park in Asatiable in race eight. I, I quite like it, but I don't know, maybe maybe a bit wide for me. Yeah, another really sticky gate, unfortunately. Um, look, if he can get a bit of cover, um, you know, he, he'd be a massive chance. Uh, the team are really happy. He's obviously on the quick backup from Saturday. He just, unfortunately, he's a horse that, that can pull a bit, um, and, and when he when he gets exposed early, he he, he he can tug along, and unfortunately that happened on Saturday. Warren said once he lost his cover, he just went too keen, and, and it sort of told late. Um but yeah, look, if, if, if Opie can weave some magic, uh, I, another one that I'm sure can run a really nice race. Nice. Charlotte and on the bubbles in race nine. Yeah, they were pretty disappointing um, on Saturday in the Pegasus, the Open Dowson. Once they sort of missed the kick, they were out the back and wide. And, and like I said earlier, the sort of the pattern day was up and in. Um, yeah, well, on the bubbles, he didn't really put in. We couldn't fault him. Pulling up, no. um, he was vetted. No, fine. Um, look, he's another one, a bit like Fierce Flight on his day, you know. Um, he'd be in it. Um, we'll put the blinkers on just to sort of sharpen up. Another one, we've varied his work around. Um, so hopefully, you know, if they both jump well and be positive, sort of up in the first sort of bunch there, um, hopefully they can turn their form around a bit. Unfortunately, Chella is only a small horse and he, he's sort of out of the handicap a bit with a, with a heap of weight. Um, but Opion helps and yeah, um, yeah, they certainly need to improve from last Saturday's effort, but look, they're well at home. Um, they're down there, so we'll have a go. Yeah, Mighty Spa rounds it out for you in race 11. Yeah, Mighty Spa and, and Prismatic, um, both really nice chances. Mighty Spa's uh, on the backup from the Metropolitan. He went a really good race. Um, he's drawn nicely. He, he's a bit of a funny bugger in the barrier, so hopefully he jumps away. He should get a lovely run. Um, and Prismatic, we, we think, a really nice chance. Um, he's, he's in really good, consistent form. Uh, the 3,200 shouldn't hold any fears for him. So another one with the right run, um, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, obviously the marsh runner there looks like he's got plenty of upside and gets into the race mm. really well. Um, but we, we, we like our two chances in that, um, and hopefully they, they, they can run nice races and, and hopefully get a bit of the chocolate. Yeah, good good money too, Prismatic. 14s at the moment. Uh, so, yep, it's... Uh, a good booker, booker um, down there on, on Saturday tomorrow there, Sammy. All the best with it tomorrow, brother. All the best in the cup. And um, once again, thanks a lot for joining us and taking us through uh, what the Tangerine Army down there. Go well, mate, and uh, we, we'll all be watching. And thanks a lot for uh, giving us your thoughts on the card tomorrow at Rickerton. Cheers, Kempi. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Good man. Sammy Burgesson there joining us once again. You can grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Sounds like you're about to fill your pockets, Kempe. Mate, I'll I t- I tell you what, I love I love talking to Sammy Burgesson because he's just, he's honest. 
you know, and there are a couple of that I like there. I'll tell you what, they'd be a hell of a lot shorter if he, he he's, they've had a, a pretty um, terrible week as far as draws go because they've also got um, Zurian in the 1,000 guineas over in Caulfield along with Skew Whiff uh, in the Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark Stakes. We were just running out of time to ask him about those two for Mark Walker, but they've drawn wide as well. Skew Whiff, if you didn't see that last week, won, um, won well, and I think it's a very good chance in... Uh, Zurian just maybe a little bit wide, so it's just those gates, mate. But with Warren Kennedy and what he did um, on uh, what was it? What was that horse called again, Robbie? That you didn't back? Fashion shoot, fashion shoot. <laughs> what Warren <laughs> Kennedy done, mate? I'll tell you what, they might get us paid again tomorrow, Rick. All right, let's hope so. Uh, six away from seven here on SENZ, Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Yeah, we're a minute away from seven o'clock. Keep your text rolling through double eight double three for the roll call chop in Taranaki. Listening on the app uh, from Champion Country, he's calling it chop. Well, you have a great day, mate. Enjoy your Friday, and uh, also uh, we didn't do it yesterday, but Kempi's kicker. We got fifty bucks loaded by uh, Paulie Mawadi in our TAB account, so we're going to put on a kicker. We need a bet from you, and we need a bet from Kempi. What do you like? Double eight double three. Send it through to us, and at the end of the show, we'll pick one of your. Kempi will put a bet. We'll put them together. Uh, comes in, you get half, the other half goes to Movember. That's what we're doing this month for Movember. So get your thinking gear on and uh, text us through double eight double three what your option is. Time to catch up with Araha for the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. It's three past seven. Good morning. Welcome into the show. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. I still know Izzy, of course. He is still uh, getting about with Beaver all around Queensland. But Ricardo and Kempi are with you. Coming up on the show, this is how we're going to catch up with uh, former NRL star Trent Merrin. Talk to about what he is doing post-career now and how he is helping young players uh, avoid some of the pitfalls that he has seen. And uh, we still continue to see from players in our uh, professional players in the game in New Zealand and Australia. So we'll do that. Uh, we also are going to catch up real soon with Sam Jones, who's been uh, absolutely flying, absolutely flying. Only last month he became a pro. Now he's on the DP World Tour. Mm. Um, he has been going, he's played some golf. I'll tell you that much. He's played a lot of golf in the last two months, but we'll catch up with Sam. He's in Barcelona at the moment, getting ready to fly back to play in the Australian Open and the Australian PGA in the next couple of weeks. Uh, now, we do have a uh, Who Am I for you as well? $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Clue number two. I have played for the Auckland Aces despite not being a New Zealander. I've played for the Auckland Aces despite not being a New Zealander. Double eight, double three, if you think you know the answer to that one, and uh, we will uh, give that voucher away. It's around 8.30. It is also tradies hour with night and day. Make sure you start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. And uh, we uh, will uh, continue to try and keep you awake throughout the show as well on your Friday morning. And don't forget to keep rolling through your Kempe's Kicker options as well. We are going to throw one of those together. We've had a few come through already. We'll get to those uh, in around 20 minutes time. Uh, right now, though, we're going to catch up with uh, New Zealand's latest golfing superstar, Sammy Jones, out of Barcelona Airport. G'day, Sam. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Thanks uh, for being on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, mate. And, mate, it's been a real whirlwind for you, hasn't it? I mean, in the last two months, you have played some golf. You went to Australia, uh, you turned pro, 
then you've gone to the DP World Tour Qualifying School, and I think you finished, what, seventh overall? You played six rounds just last week. I mean, how's it, how's it been? How's the roller coaster journey? Yeah, oh, it's been it's been pretty crazy, really. Kind of going back to back to June when I um, went over to the states for three and a half months. I think I've been home for about twelve days since then. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy uh, few months, and for it all to finish the way it has, I couldn't be more happy with the results. Yeah, congratulations, Sam. It's a long way from Manoa. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> I think I literally, I think Spain's the opposite. <laughs> you put a hole through the middle of the world. I think you'd end up in Manaya, I reckon. Hey, mate, is Phil Yarrow contacted you, and is he gonna is he gonna sponsor you some some free stuff down there with with Yarrows? I haven't I haven't heard anything yet, but uh, you never know. Something could be in the pipeline. I'll flick you his number, mate. He, he, he loves a game of golf. He's always up there at Taraiti, the new golf course up there in Auckland. What's it been like, mate? Since um, you know the, your thought your thoughts directly after making it. What 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 have you been through emotionally? Uh, honestly, I haven't really had enough time to kind of process the whole thing. It's mainly just been kind of just trying to um, get back to everyone that sent messages out, uh, just phone calls and whatnot. So yeah, I haven't really had a whole lot of time to judge this at all. But yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty nervous. If I'm going to be honest with you, so uh, to get it done, it was it was a hell of a feeling. Yeah, I mean, have you worked out actually how many rounds of golf you have played uh, since October? Because you went over to Aussie for that Asia Pacific Amateur, and then you obviously yeah. gone straight up to Europe for the uh, for the DP World Tour, uh, you know, uh, Challenger School to to get your card. I mean, you played a hell of a lot yeah. of golf. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, a six round tournament is is, is no joke. That's for sure. It kind of it feels like you're there for you know for a lifetime and. Um, yeah, it was a it was a hell of a long week, that's for sure. In terms of a challenge for you, what was the? I mean, how's the body feel? Was it was it, was it physically draining? Was it more a mental thing? Yeah, definitely more mental. Like, I mean, I I enjoy playing golf. I physically, I, I've played a lot of golf in the last um, last few months. Like I said, so physically used to it, but. Yeah, it was definitely a mental grind for sure. It's not like a regular tournament where you can kind of just make the cut and then, you know, you've got rounds three and four and you can kind of just go out and play. Um, this one, you know, you literally every single round means like, means everything. You know, you could have one bad round and it completely mess up your whole year. So, um, yeah, I mean, you try not to think about that while you're out there, but it's a big reality of it. And, and what happens, Sam, what happens to the... Um, as far as sponsorship and that goes, now that you've you've I guess got on that that tour, do, has your phone started ringing and if people wanted to get involved? Uh, mate, I'm not directly sponsorship. I've had a few people, uh, a few caddies approach me, um, and and wanting to jump on the bag. But yeah, obviously that the sponsorship thing. I'm sure I was kind of in the process of looking for stuff, but I think it's going to make my job a little bit easier now having. Having this, um, having the card on the tour for next year, so nothing yet. But I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get a few messages or so in the next few weeks. Now that um, that uh, infinitum uh, that you had to play in the the, the sixth round you just mentioned, that's not mm-hmm. just that's not just guys trying to make uh, the DP World Tour. It's guys who have fallen out of the top hundred trying to regain a card, right? So there's guys that have been yeah. there, done that. Who are some of the bigger names yeah. that you were playing with on that? Um, there was guys, uh, Alexander Levy was there, French, he's, he's won a couple of times on tour, um, Kuradek Afi Barnrat from Thailand, he was there as well, 
quite a big name and he's he's won a few times. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of guys that I've watched playing on on TV and what kind of, when you're there and playing against them, you kind of realise you know they're just they're just human as well. And I, I mean, I beat pretty much all of them, so uh, mm. there's no reason why I can't go out there and and compete on the tour. I was looking at your your, your rounds. It's a 72 uh, hole cut, and you shot 68, mm-hmm. 69, 70, 65, 68, and then 66 in the fi- on the on the final round as well. Yeah. At what point did you start allowing yourself to believe? Uh, I I always believed that I could could have done it, um, but believing it and doing it are two separate things. Obviously, it probably wasn't until probably had maybe like three holes to go where I kind of was like all right I'm seven or eight shots ahead it's I'm going to be doing pretty well to mess it up from here um got through a couple of tough driving holes and had a couple of good tee shots there but yeah and I'm I'm not a overly confident player it's just just who I am I kind of just go out there and just do my thing and see what happens uh so yeah probably with about three holes to go is probably when I finally realized that well, I was going to get it done Hey Sammy, do you, do you get some confidence out of the way that the uh, the Kiwis have been going over the last few years? Of course, you have got Ryan Fox, uh, you got Steve Elker in the in the um, Masters Tour, and, and of course Lydia Ko. She speaks for herself. But do you get confidence in mm-hmm. how how well the Kiwis are actually going all, around the world? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, to see everyone succeeding, Dan and. Uh, who I've played quite a bit with, and uh, Kazuma obviously doing well on the amateur stage, who's just transitioned into the program as well. So, yeah, all these guys that I've kind of played with the last few years, and um, just to see them all all doing well and competing, knowing that you know they're from New Zealand, just a small place, a small country in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, yeah, to see that, um, it's really good to see that we can we can do great things. It's got to be a real skill too. I mean, you mean you know when I was asking you about when did you start believing? It's, it's not so much about believing whether or not you can do it, but the fact that the dream is coming true. Like you know, you you don't want to be playing the first round of those six and thinking about you know making the DP World Tour, do you? You kind of got to take yeah. one step at a time. So how did you approach that? And who helps you on that front? Have you got somebody who's like a mental coach? I uh, probably just talk to a few different people read a few books and whatnot and I don't have any one particular person that I go to more just pick the brains of of numerous people um but at the end of the day it's all just up to up to you and um yeah I just kind of I mean what more can I do than just try and hit each shot as good as I can so that's kind of my thought process um try and get into a spot where I'm mentally I talked to one guy he says try and get your mind and body in the same place to give yourself the best opportunity to hit the shot so it's pretty much what I've been focusing on uh, in pre-shot just taking a deep breath and kind of getting mind and body in the same place and then just accepting whatever happens after that well, consistency is a big part of it, you know. And I went through, rattled, rattled off those scores that you've had, and and consistency seems to be uh, a strength of yours, mate. Where, do you feel like after this last two months, the intensity, the amount of golf you've played at the level that you've played it, you're a better player now than you were, say, even back in June? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always continuous growth in this game. It kind of goes up and down, and you're not always getting better like you are getting better but the scores might not reflect that so uh yeah to be able to do that i've played like that before in, in tournaments in new zealand um i know that i'm capable of it but to do it on a big stage like that is, is it's different um 
for sure. So to do it on that stage and shoot those scores is, yeah, definitely gives me a lot of confidence moving forward. Hey Sam, what's the reaction been like from family, friends? You know, little little town Taranaki, Manaia. Um, I'm I'm the same. I'm from Waitara and Taranaki. So, is it sort of got the town buzzing and and uh, has everyone enjoyed the journey so far? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. I didn't think honestly we'd get as many messages as I did just from people that I haven't talked to in a, in a while. You know, that that say that there's there. They've been watching and supporting from the sidelines, so it's it's awesome to see. Um, I'm heading home, for, <laughs> home for about 12 hours on on Sunday, and then fly back out on Monday. So I'm going to head down and catch up with the family and and friends and whatnot. So it'll be good to get down there and see everybody. Yeah, well, you got the uh, the Australian PGA Championship at the Royal Queensland Golf Club uh, next week, mate. So yeah, it never ends. This is the start of the journey. Um, how much do you know about that course? And that tournament, yeah, yeah, um, not a lot to be honest with you. I was going to go over and try and Monday qualify for the event anyway, so I'd already planned to go over, and now that takes that step out, and I don't have to Monday qualify, I get straight into the field. So yeah, I don't know anything about the golf course, but I've played a few times uh, in Australia now. So um, the golf course is a golf course; you've still got to hit the shots, and uh, they all kind of end up playing the same at the end of the day, really. Yeah, what I mean, I know you know. You said golf course is a golf course is a golf course, and I suppose there's so much money in pro golf that uh, doesn't matter where you go in the world, the courses at the end of the day all look the same. They're all green, they're all lush, they've all got great greens. But I mean, did you notice a difference playing in Europe and the courses and uh, the course design in Europe and things versus what you've played in down here? Um, uh, not really. The the two courses that I played last it was over two separate courses last week. Um, they were quite different. One of them was um, kind of like a resorty style golf course, like a I was comparing it's like a Clearwater or a Pegasus or something like that, um, which suits up sets up for my game a little bit better. I get to hit a lot of drivers, um, and the other course was quite tight and narrow in the trees. So you do you do get a variety, but like I said, at the end of the day. You've just got to hit a shot at a target a certain distance. So, you know, as much as golf courses are different, you, know, you try and keep it as as similar as you can. Mate, I was going to say, you've been a Kiwi, you've been from this part of the world, resort-style golf course. Just reminded me of uh, Kimpy's own Waitara Open where you have to do a can of hole. How do you reckon you'd go? <laughs> nah, um, you, I can't play drunk at all. It's I've from done a it a few times with the boys, but no, nah, I'm no good. I'm no good. I'll, I'll do it for a bit of fun, but... I get the I get the big hooks going when I've had a few drinks, <laughs> mate. Uh, just before we let you go, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Sam, but uh, Rory McIlroy at the DP uh, World Tour Championship um, put one onto the lap of a spectator uh, today. I did, then, yeah, I did and, see that actually. Yeah, then made like he was going to play the lie. Um, what, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what's the uh, what's the most horrendous shot you've had to play? Oh, you put me on the spot a bit here. Um, I honestly, I honestly couldn't tell you straight up like that, but hopefully, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy like that. I might've, um, hit a car once or twice, but (laughs) haven't had to play it from any random spots like that. Yeah, well, mate, uh, listen, thanks very much for your time. Fly safe. I know you're flying back from Barcelona. Uh, hopefully you get to spend a little bit of time with the family uh, before you head off to Queensland. We, we do a thing called Kempi's Kicker uh, where we get people to, to, to throw in punts for us and then we put a couple of punts together and then give away the cash. And we've already had 
Sam Jones to win the Australian PGA Championship just come through on the text while you've been on the phone, mate. So best of luck. Uh, hopefully you can bring that one through right. for us. All right. Sounds good. Go well, Sam. Cheers, Thanks Sam. for your time, buddy. Yeah, cheers, mate. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. Sam Jones there with us, uh, New Zealand's newest pro. Be playing with Dan Hillier and Ryan Fox on the DP World Tour and going great guns as well. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this spring. If you need a new mobile plan, make sure you visit Kogan Mobile. Yeah, call us any time, 0800 811 or double eight double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine. You can warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at $4.50 at your local night and day as well. And we had this text come through, Kempi, when you were telling running stories um, off the back of the 6.30 uh, news headlines. Uh, hey, Kempi, Ricardo, when the great Bobby Simpson took over coaching the Australian cricket side, he had one of the greats, Doug Walters, in the team. Walters detested training sessions. Bobby's first task was a 10k hill run. So Dougie Walters leaps out of the gate, cigarettes in pocket, bottle of water. He ducks into some scrub and hides. And then he watches them come back. As they're coming down the hill, he tips water over him, sprints out of the bush and leads the pack home. Simpson couldn't believe it. Wow, Doug is so impressive. (laughs) Oh, yes, there's a thousand of those stories, Rick Dog. I mean, like... I could I could tell them all day long, mate, about the blokes hiding in the bushes and so forth. Uh, yeah, some blokes just weren't built for those 10k runs. You know, you know, you know that. And then others were like, mate, they they actually took up the wrong sport. They should have been uh, Olympian ru- milers. Yeah, <laughs> because they ran like they ran like Tarzan and played like Jane. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a mate the. Some blokes just, you know, I, I, I totally get that story. There's some blokes out there that just like, mate, I'm here to play footy. Just throw me the football. Throw me the football. Actually, Kev from Tararangi has also got one for us for Kempi's kicker, mate. Uh, looking uh, today at uh, Trentham, race six, uh, horse number three, Sweet Janine. Uh, jockey's Joe Doyle, trained by Royden Burgesson. Uh, it's got two seconds and two thirds in the last five. It's paying three eighty and a dollar forty five. Yeah, sweet Janine's in a, in a pretty tough race down there at Trentham, uh, Rick. And it's there or thereabouts. But there's another couple of really good looking horses in there. I think if you're going to Trentham today, I've spoken to Robbie about this this morning. Robbie Patterson's got a couple in. Um, in the in the in the t- last two races, Mary Louise, I think that that can get the job done uh, for Robbie Patterson in the last. He's he's got his he's got his horses absolutely firing, and on his uh, last race, I think the horse it's called uh, what is that one called? Ooh, time's yeah. up, is it? Yeah, time's up. That's it. Time's up. Yeah, paying. Uh, well, it started at five. It's into four twenty and a dollar eighty. Um, so yeah, it's obviously uh, there's a bit of bully around on that one as well. And then your Mary Louise, uh, that's also moved. It was it started at five fifty into four fifty and a dollar eighty. Keep your texts coming through for that double eight double three if you want to be in for Kempi's kicker. Uh, we've got Trent Merrin coming up not too far away. Let's catch up with Araha for the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. At 7.28 here on SCNZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. It is our choices, flooring, pole time. And the semi-finals of the Cricket World Cup are done. So we know who is in Sunday's final live commentary of that right here on SCNZ from 9 o'clock Sunday night right through to Monday morning. It's easy, this poll. 
and I'm, I'll be interested to see uh, where the votes go. But who do you want to win the Cricket World Cup? India or Australia? It's as simple as that. You've got two options, India or Australia. Go to the SEN app, find Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and the poll will be right there. You can vote on that, and we'll bring you the results of that in around an hour's time. Discover your signature style and enjoy a, enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Kempi, who you got? Who do you want? Oh, I get it, India. India. Uh, let's get into uh, Ken Otai, two-for-one offer, now available. Some sports news headlines. Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, India or Australia because, you know, we're Kiwis. Generally speaking, I'm expecting uh, the weight of the vote to go to India uh, because that's just how rivalry works. Well, how about this for rivalry, Kempi? This weekend in the NFL, it's a rematch of last year's Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, there's a show... Radio show in Philadelphia on a station called Q102. And the hosts of that show are called Bex and Buster. Now, to just demonstrate their loyalty to the Philadelphia Eagles, they've said this. This weekend, we've got to focus. So we've been forced to punt Taylor Swift from the playlist. Because Taylor <laughs> Swift is dating one of the Kansas City Chiefs players in Travis Kelsey. So that's what they are doing Uh don't, you'll hear no Taylor Swift. That, that could be, I don't know, it's definitely a good thing. I think it's something they should uh, take forward. Um, they broke that news on Good Day Philadelphia. The strange thing is, actually, that uh, Taylor Swift is a big Philadelphia Eagles fan because she was born there. Um, so it'll uh, be interesting wow. to see if she turns up to that game, what jersey she is wearing. Uh, elsewhere, Number one, uh, world number one, Novak Djokovic has beaten uh, Herbert Haraz 7-6-4-6-6-1 in the Green Group clash at the ATP Finals overnight, but the uh, six-time champion still sweating over semi-final qualification. Because he dropped a set in that, uh, it's con- uh, confirmed the Yannick Sinner's spot in the semi-finals, making him the first Italian in the tournament's 54-year history to reach that stage. So it now means that Djokovic has to wait for the final group game between Sinner and Holger. Rune, he needs Sinner to beat Rune for him to make the semi-finals. I tell you what, you do yourself a favour if you're Yannick Sinner. If you're already in, you drop that game to Rune, and then you get rid of Djokovic. You can't. You can't. Have, you don't have to face him again. No. <laughs> yeah. no. 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 Now you sound like a bookie. All right. Okay. Well, no, it's not a bookie point of view. I'm talking about. Uh, I want to win this tournament. Who would I rather play in the final, Holger mm. Rune or Novak Djokovic? Do you actually think that that happens? Like, I, never in I my career have we ever gone, oh, we're going to drop that game, you know, just so that we can get this team in the semi? Yeah, I, I mean, in, the, in this being an individual sport, the way it works, why wouldn't you? You're just managing who your opponent's going to be, potentially. Yeah, that wouldn't, mate, that's, I just think you sweep, you sweep past everyone. And it makes it sweeter when you've got rid of the best. All right, all right, okay. There you go, Kempy, Mr. Mr. Integrity, Tony Kemp. Uh, and uh, Major League Baseball <laughs> owners voted to allow the Oakland Athletics to move to Las Vegas, paving the way for the second relocation of the baseball team in the last half a century. The move, which comes after more than two decades of failed efforts to secure a new stadium in the city to replace the ageing Oakland Coliseum, needed backing from three-quarters of the team at the owners' meeting. It was unanimous. All the owners said, yep, let's go, let's move it. Prime Prior to the Montreal Expos moving to Washington in 2005, the last Major League Baseball team to relocate was the Washington Senators, who became the Texas Rangers in 
1972. The A's moved to Oakland from Kansas City in 1968 and have won four World Series in their 56 seasons in the city. I tell you what, Oakland, they've lost the Raiders. Now they're losing the A's. Kennard's hire two for one off a visit your local branch or give them a call today. Up next, we catch up with Trent Merrin and find out what he's doing to help young players in the game. You're on SENZ. Welcome into the show. Up bright and early out of the scratcher for us. Uh, former Dragon, former Panther, former Rhino, Trent Merrin. G'day, mate. How are you? How's he's going? Thanks for having me. Mate, pleasure. Our pleasure. Great to have you on, mate. And, you know, interesting, there was uh, some comments that you made uh, that uh, the Daily Telegraph uh, and Oz picked up the other day about, you know, you're saying that, you know, players are basically childish because of dumb decisions and things that they're made, but it's because the people that are around them aren't looking after them, don't have their best interests, and, and, and they let be children, I guess, for a long time and, 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 and aren't accountable. And uh, that's something that you, you think needs addressing and, 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 and something you're looking to change as well. Yeah, most definitely. I think what the word you said there, accountability. I think we, 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 we make them accountable when they do stuff up and, and when they carry on and, and be tr- make childish decisions, but we're, we're not being accountable ourselves to actually show them the right way to go about it and nurture them through the whole system the right way. So I think it's an area that we, we don't address properly. I think it's just a, a cover effect and just move on with it because there's, there's always plays coming through. But us at Azura want to champion the players on and off the field and, and make them accountable for, for them as, as adults um, and show them what they're actually facing when they come into a professional sport. Hey, Trent, thanks for joining us, mate. It's Kempe. Um, just so, so, you know, you've come out of a, a professional career. I've, you know, talking here, I, I actually call it babysitting as well, you know, like where you get a player manager and he's, uh, he's basically looking after these guys 24-7 and they forget to do things for themselves. Just give us some experience, mate. Like, what, what was it that made you um, jump into this space? It, was it through personal experience or by just seeing players not being looked after the right way by player managers? Yeah, it can be a good question. I, I, I've always wanted to be in this space. I just didn't know how to how to come about it and, and bring it all together. And I think uh, you'd relate to this too, mate. When, when you're kids and you come into a professional sport, you, all your focus is rugby league and, and you rely on your parents and, and the community around you to, to help you manage the rest of it. But coming from a... a a, a domestic violence background with, with family and the community that I was raised in personally, you, they're not educated in that area just as much. So when we come into our professional sport, they rely on a player agent to do that for them as well. And some majority of the time, the player agents don't really have their best interest in, in that area. They just want to get them their contracts and then they get paid and, and walk away. So, and then they're, they're, they're covered and, and they're protected from actually growing as human beings as they become an adult. They're protected from negotiating communication skills, business, finance, the, the, the big picture around them as a professional athlete. So me being in that and, and experience my personal um, journey through the professional sport, I, I learned a lot of lessons while I was in there and I've been burnt plenty of times in that profession. And to come out of it and, and get burnt continuously as well, instead of being sour and, and bitter about it, it's more about being accountable and then going, oh, okay, I could have been better in all these areas if I actually did the self-growth myself. And being in it and out of it, it's I've wanted to create Azure Partners with a great team around us that, that champion those 
those areas and, and help these young kids coming through to be professional once they come into their career and out of it. Now, uh, Trent, you know, there's. Uh, I, I guess when you get to a uh, get to a player when he's already say 25, it's almost ambulance at the bottom of the cliff material, right? You want to be uh, talking to these kids at 15, 16, a lot of them at that point in time have mum and dad type agents uh, who maybe aren't best placed uh, to, to do what is right in, in terms of the business model. So Azure Partners, which is yourself uh, and Jake and a few others that have teamed up uh, to, to look after the space, how much are you doing at that end and, and how much are you doing with the clubs? Are the clubs doing enough? Well, we're starting up, mate, and, and our next job is to approach all the clubs, but our, our main priority is actually targeting the, the youth and, and not just the youth, the, the parents of the youth. I think our, our main focus is to educate the parents because that's the main thing. When it, it all trickles down. It's a snowball effect. The parents at such a, when they have a junior that wants to take on this profession, if we can educate the parents around everything that they're going to be faced with, then they don't need a player agent when they come into that system. They can manage them all the way through their adulthood and all the way to the end of their career, successful career, with the advice and, and the, the services that we, we can provide them. Hey, Trent, so I'm just, just trying to get a clearer picture on here. So what's the difference between, because this is the question you're going to get from parents, so Like, what's the difference between you and a player, player manager? Because isn't what you're talking about where it's a holistic um, view of a player looking after his creation of wealth, his, his ongoing um, performance, the way that he communicates with people, um, la da la da la You know, what's the major difference why me and my son would come and work with Trent Merrin and Azura? It's the team behind us, mate. Like, well, can be both, all, all of us are here chatting now. Is we've been through that experience. We know that fire agents come and they promise you the world and they promise you this and that. And that, but the, the major thing that they can service for you is going off your own talent. So you provide you provide the contract yourself anyway by by playing well in, in whatever sport you play, and then they, they sort of go missing because you're dealing with one person. You're not dealing with a structure, right? So you come into the player agent and their focus is, is your career and getting you to worry about that. And I think that, that well, I know the, the business side of it, education around money, education around business structure, education around social management, education around their well-being. One person can't manage that for you. But as Zero Partners, we've got a team behind us that manage every single individual aspect to, to cater for you in whatever area you need. So... so- I, I so when you that's what we can we can do. So when you're talking about accountability, and and I'm, look, I'm loving what I'm hearing here. So you're basically saying because I hear you, you know, player managers they we call it white baiting down here in New Zealand. They just get them in a big net. They hope that a Sonny Bill Williams or Trent Merrin will pop out the other side, and then the other hundred that they've got, they leave alone. Yeah. They don't do nothing with them. That that's basically mm-hmm. what you're saying. You're trying to fix. So. Then when you're talking about accountability, what you're saying is we will give you the tools, but it's up to you to make sure that you follow, uh, follow that path. Uh, is that, is that well, sort of how it works? So it doesn't matter yeah, if you're Sonny well, Bill Williams or you're, or you're right down the bottom of the, of the chain, you get the same tools, but it's up to you to use them. Well, you'd be cheering if you're Sonny Bill Williams, that's for sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but on that, mate, the, the, the point of difference what we do, right, we don't charge a, a, a fee with um, the, the percentages, right? So you go to a manager, you, they charge you 6% of your, your contract, right? At Azura, you, you subscribe to us, right? So straight away, you're accountable. 
right? So you subscribe, it's on you. You can stay or you can go. What we do then is we show you that if you were to pay your manager 6% of your contract, right, we educate you on how to invest that 6% back into yourself with all these options, right? So straight away, you're accountable because you're investing in yourself. It's like in the gym. You go and do weights, you're investing in yourself. You go on the field, you run, you're investing in yourself. We're here trying to educate these kids and parents that the more more time you put in yourself in these areas and you educate yourself and invest in yourself, that you're going to be more inclined to pay attention and be accountable for what you're investing in. So, so just because there's what there's there's one one glaring um, issue that I can see with it. All right, everything post signing the contract is very good. Like what I'm what I'm hearing, I'm hearing like you you get all of the advice, all of the support, everything to do with professionalism that you would do if you were the player manager, but. For a service fee and an, and an annual subscription, do you get the main part, which is negotiation of a current uh, current market value contract with a CEO of NRL club? Of course you do. Of course you do. You've got players like Jake and myself that have been in the game for over 15 years professionally. We sit there with you. We advise contracts with you. We give you the, the best options you can possibly get. I, I, I was my own manager for the last five years of my career. It's not a tough job to negotiate what you know you're worth. And, and our job at Azura 2 is to educate these players to actually know what they're worth and how to negotiate their own contracts so that they don't need to rely on, on anyone in that area. We, we sit with you. We advise you. We're in these negotiations with you so that you can learn the skills to then take it on yourself. Trent, you know, everything that you know now... Uh, you would have been dangerous at 18, right? right? Um, if you could tell, if you know, if you could tell 18-year-old Trent one thing now, what would it be? Um, just, just keep testing yourself. Keep jumping into the fear. Like you should never be fear of, of what's on the other side. Like, that, and I think that's what these these kids come into. They're, they're too scared to communicate to these people. They think they're they're, they're bigger than them. That the, the the game the the business structure of it all is bigger than them as a player, but they're, they're the champion. The players are the champion in every sport that they play. As soon as they have the belief in themselves and they understand that what their self-worth is, is, is from themselves, then just keep backing yourself. That's why they're in that position. So if I could tell myself, my 18-year-old self, the same things, it's just back yourself. Like we're all capable. There's people out and at Azure Partners. We want to see them be the best they can be on and off the field. Trent, it's mate, I, I love it. I, I love the concept. I think you know if if you've got a if you're a parent and you're going well, you know, geez, I've got you know a decent kid. He's got to sign a, a decent contract. You know, and we're talking million dollar contracts these, these days. Just have a look at Reese Walsh at the moment and what his value is on the market. Um, and six percent of that going back into yourself as opposed into a manager's pocket. And and you're doing mm-hmm. exactly the same thing for a subscription fee is is a no brainer. But what? How do we fix the problem? Because the problem, because when I'm when I'm listening to you talk, I'm hearing, well, isn't that the job of the players association? And the second part, isn't that the job of the NRL to make sure that if they're handing out NRL accredited licenses to, to managers, that they, this mm-hmm. is the area that should be fixed? Because because you're going about it and saying it sounds like you're just fed up with the system. The systems, yeah, the systems, the system worries about the business, right? And they do. The, the RLPA and the, the NRL, they tick their boxes. Don't get me wrong. They, they do do things in those areas to, 
to say they've done them, right? But with it at a zero partners, I want to be independent away from the game and, and away from the system so that we can educate these players. Because it's all accountability, right? At the end of the day, players are going to either want to do it or not, right? They can be lazy and just pay percent fee and, and just pop along and then get to the end of their career and have have whatever they've invested it in and, and that's it, right? But with us being away from the game, we can actually champion the players and educate them and, 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 and be by their side through everything. If they need to, anything in, in, in going through life through, through their professional career or away from it, they pick up the phone and we're there straight away. We're, we actually care. We want to structure things so that, that they can actually concentrate on football and not worry about when they're done that they have to, they have to play catch-up. So yeah. I think by, by us being away from the system is, is the, the target point. Yeah, it's mate. It's a fantastic, um, uh, mate. Fantastic opportunity if you can get this right. Like if you look at what's happening down here in New Zealand, we've, we've, we're basically filling that competition up at the moment. So we have player managers down here, left, right, and centre. Sixteen of the, of the seventeen clubs generally will come to a tournament, which is played monthly through the league season down here, and pick up all of our best kids. So, um, mate, how do we find you? Like if, if I'm if I'm a parent and I'm out there and I'm listening to the show this morning, how do we how do we actually find you? Because I will be advocating you. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Because the one thing I hate is player managers that only take the cream but not the rest of the milk. Yeah, yeah. No, mate. Well, we're, we've got our website uh, launched now. It's azurepartners.com.au. We're on we're on all socials, uh, Instagram, Facebooks, LinkedIn. We're everywhere, mate. And and the biggest thing is is like what you just said, mate. You you've been you've been through the system. You know what it's all about. It's time to take the blinkers off now and see it for what actually is. And you got to, we've got to be accountable to look after our own and, and, and nurture the youth coming through because it's just going to keep getting worse. We're going to see more suicides. We're going to see more depression, more mental health and all these things if we don't stand up and, and actually champion the players and, and get behind them. And look for commercial opportunities so that post-playing days or if you have an injury that ends your career, you're looked after and you're not having a worry because we see plenty of that. And on that, Trent, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to know... With barbecue season coming up, when the Trent Merin marinades are coming out for my ribs, because I want some marinade. That's what I want. Yeah. That's the next business venture. That's the next All right. business venture. I'm partners will put it together. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Look forward to my 10% coming through. Hey, Trent, thanks very much for coming on, brother. Uh, best of luck with Azure Partners. Sounds like you're doing some great work, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon, eh? Legends. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. It's three away from eight o'clock. Nine days got the right tools to brew up a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today. And uh, Kempi's Kicker, we are looking for options for Kempi's Kicker. And I know you hadn't seen anything you liked a little while ago, Kempi, but there's one that's just popped out to me on the on the text machine uh, from a long-time listener, first-time texter, I believe, uh, by the name of Staffy, uh, who has said, Holger Roon for Kempi's Kicker. Holger Roon, yeah. Okay. Paying $2.80. Two dollars eighty. He's gone for the short. He's uh, obviously knows what he's back in, Steffi, coming out of the TAB. So uh, I thought he would have given us something a little bit more juicier than that. But uh, two dollars <laughs> eighty, mate, Steffi. Just so you know, you've got to at least get over three bucks if you want to crack. Oh. Oh, okay, all right. He's just—I've backed it anyway. He's going to beat Yannick Sinner this morning. That uh, that game starts in about an hour's time. Interesting. Oh, no. uh, Trent, what Trent Mirren had to say there, mate, and. Uh, you know, there's a, there's, as I mentioned, there's a, a lot of instances where there's an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff where it's too late. Sounds like he's getting on mm. board at the right time. 
there's a lot of areas in the NRL that need fixing, and one of them is around player managers and it, how easy it is for people to go out there and get their licences um, to actually go out and manage players. I'm, I, I see what he's trying to do. Then Don't get me wrong, there's some good player managers out there, but there's a, a hell of a lot of ordinary ones as well. And when you're a young family with a young boy coming through, you want to be make sure that you're put in in front of the right person. I, I actually think what um, Trent Merrin's doing is a good place to start, you know, because it'll give you an insight for a service fee, because he's talking about, you know, like a subscription, um, to, to see actually how the game goes. And they do everything from negotiating your contract right down to educating you through every part of the game, Rick. So uh, I think he's got a very, very good opportunity here, um, Trent Merrin, and um, it would be something that I'd definitely look at. If I had a young boy coming through now, knowing what I do know about it, uh, I would actually look at what Trent Merrin and, and his team are doing. Yeah, as you are hard as they are called, if you want to look them up. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to catch up with Dan Raphael, talk boxing. We'll catch up with Pip from the TAB as well. We'll have questions for you too. Right now there, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia good morning and welcome into the show. It is three past eight on your Friday morning. Happy Friday to you. And uh, coming up on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, we're going to catch up with Dan Raphael, uh, the voice of boxing out of the United States, to talk about this big card happening December 23 in Saudi Arabia, including a couple of Kiwis as well. We'll also catch up with Pip from the TAB. We'll have questions for you and we will do Kempi's kicker as well. We'll also announce the winner for this. $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs for who am I. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here is your who am I final clue. In fact, I'll give you the other two clues. This one's quite tough, I think. Uh, I don't know that I've seen too many correct answers uh, through on the text machine, double eight, double three. Clue number one was I captained my country internationally and announced my full retirement February this year. Clue two is I played for the Auckland Aces despite not being a New Zealander. And clue three, and your final clue, it's my birthday today. I've scored 19 centuries in international cricket, but also made a big impact domestically, having played for nine different IPL franchises. There you go, $100 Adidas golf voucher could be yours if you have the correct answer, Double eight, double three. Double eight, double three is the number. We're also looking for options for Kempi's kicker as well. And uh, there's a few coming through now. Kempi, if you're, if you're not a fan of Holgeroon, have you found anything else that you like? Oh yeah, there's a there's a couple. There's a, definitely a couple here, but um, keep them coming. And we've got a uh, good good half an hour before we decide on which ones uh, myself and you are going to throw in to Kempi's kicker to help get someone paid. Uh, I, li- I do like a couple of bets that are going around at Trentham today. Um, we've got some trotters in here as well. There's uh, obviously a bit of sport thrown in the back background. Big multi put in here by Joe um, from Gizzy, and uh, yeah, I think we'll find one definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely find one. We'll find one for you, uh, so stay tuned, and uh, we'll give that away. Keep your options coming through as well, because uh, we want to hear from you, and someone else that we want to hear from is Dan Raphael. Uh, he, if you haven't uh, heard of Dan before, he used to be uh, the main boxing writer for ESPN. He's gone out on his own now. He's got a great uh, Patreon that you you can subscribe to. I definitely uh, subscribe to it, and gives you all the latest updated information on the boxing world that is called Fight Freaks Unite is the one that you need to look up. And uh, Dan Raphael does a fantastic job of covering all things in boxing. And uh, uh, Robbie's just getting him up on the phone. But if you haven't heard 
what this card is. Here it is. I'll give you this card. This is happening December 23 in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. Anthony Joshua, former world champion, up against Otto Wallen, the Swede, who's a former European champion, 12 rounds at heavyweight. Deontay Wilder, former world champion, against another former world champion, and Joseph Parker, 12 rounds at heavyweight. Dimitri Bivol and Lyndon Arthur go head-to-head for Bivol's WBA light heavyweight title as well. Jaya Opataya, who does have ties to New Zealand but fights out of Australia, he is defending his cruiserweight title, IBF cruiserweight title, against a bloke called Zorro. I wonder if he comes in with a mask, Kempi. Uh, Alice Zorro, that fight. Uh, for the IBF Cruiserweight title. Uh, Filip Hergovic, who's the Croatian heavyweight, he's the IBF mandatory challenger as well. He's fighting Mark Damori over 12 rounds at heavyweight. Uh, Alisbek uh, Mark Mudov, he's uh, Russian based out of Canada, and he's going to be fighting the current U- uh, European champion, Arjit Kabiel of Germany. Now, Mark Mudov boxed in Riyadh on the undercard of the Fury and Gano fight, and he knocked out Junior Wright in the first round, so he's going all right. Then you've got WBA regular, and a guy there's a lot of money about as uh, being a potential champion in the future, Daniel Dynamite Dubois. He, at 26, has got a 19-2 and record, including 18 knockouts. Uh, he is going to fight American Jarrell Miller, who's got a 26-1 and record with 22 knockouts. Uh, that is going to be explosive, that fight. And then another Kiwi on the card as well, Junior Farr, the big uh, heavyweight out of South Auckland. He has uh, got a 20-2 and record, and he's up against Frank Sanchez, a Cuban, fighting out of Miami. So that is what the card looks like. Kempi, that is a massive card, and it kind of almost feels in a way like, well, I know the Saudis have got money, so they just want to put the best of the best together, but it almost feels in a way a bit like boxing, copying the way UFC cards are put together. It's starting to look that way, isn't it, Rick? Um, and they obviously like watching people get knocked out, because they've got a lot of heavyweights fighting through that card, um, the undercard right through to the to the big uh, two belts, which are Joshua and Dante and Wilder. Um, and I think the, the history and the in the making here of a fight uh, potentially in 220, uh, 2024 between the two. Uh, look, I like it. I think it's, I think it's a, a good card. Um, I like how it's come around really quick on the back of uh, Fury and... Naganu, uh, you know, I really want to see Fury and uh, Usyk fight. I think that's been pushed out to the, the end of February. Um, but yeah, the more the more boxing, no matter where it is, I think there's so many good boxers out there at the moment. Man, you, if you if you haven't had a chance to watch it, get on the socials and have a look at the the uh, the conversations that were had across the table yesterday when they announced the the uh, the fighters fighting between fighters that weren't even fighting each other. Um, I think it makes great theatre, and and one thing boxing does do really well is uh, get people involved uh, uh, through conversations that they have leading up into the big big fight. Hey, Rick, just on that too, I don't know if you've watched it, but uh, Oscar De La Hoya's got a Netflix um, series out at the moment. It's really interesting, really interesting. I didn't know that he was the one who started that that twenty four. Um, you know where they they watch. Uh, the boxes go around, and I think he started it with Money Mayweather when Oscar De La Hoya when he fought um, Money Mayweather, and they created that 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 cool looking. You know, you go around and they got the guy with a cool voice, and it just follows the boxes around pre-fight. Um, I actually had no idea that Oscar De La Hoya and and uh, what, what's his what's his name? They called him Oscar De La Hoya, oh, the Golden Boy. The Golden Boy, and that's what they called his agency that he started. Um, apparently, just recently, I, I see that he's put it up. It's had a multi-billion dollar um, offer to be, to be bought out. 
So, uh, yeah, look, he just wasn't a really good boxer. He's also very, very good promoter of everything boxing. And, and uh, yeah, interesting Netflix. It's only two episodes, uh, so it's mm. not a hard watch, but it t- talks a little bit about his time coming through. And I was actually at one of those fights. I, I actually stopped it a few times to see if you could see me in the crowd. Uh, when he when he stepped up a, a weight division, he got actually towed up by Bernard Hopkins. But uh, I was in Vegas that night when he fought that, that fight. Um, and yeah, the uh, golden boy, Oscar De La Hoya, if you haven't seen it, go and, go and check it out. It's on Netflix. It's a good watch. They're just uh, struggling to get hold of Dan Raphael at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, we'll keep trying him throughout uh, the hour, though. But uh, yeah, having a look at that market, there's a bit of value to be had, I reckon. Jarrell Miller paying $6 to be Daniel Dubois, I think is very good money. Uh, you look at Miller's record, he's only lost once, and he's got a far deeper record than Daniel Dubois. So uh, 6 bucks for Jarrell Miller to win, uh, for me, is, is very good money at, at the moment on that one. Uh, uh, elsewhere, a lot of the cards are very skewed, but uh, Parker at five fifty, he started at 6 as has come in. Uh, Deontay Wilder's blown out a little bit to $1.14, but uh, I think Joseph Parker, what we've seen in the past from Deontay Wilder is that when he comes up against guys uh, who, I guess for the want of a better word, and it's you know not denigrating Deontay Wilder in any way, shape or form, because he's um, able to knock people out, but uh, if he fights proper boxers who actually try and box him, um, and uh, mm. tactical, he struggles. And I don't know that he's got the best chin, so it'll be interesting. And 550 for Joe's pretty good money. Yeah, well, his chin is, is sus, uh, suspect, you know, because Tyson Fury showed us that. He's knocked him out. Um, and he's taken a bit of bit of time to come back, Deontay Wilder. He's got the, the height and reach over Joe Parker, but Joe Parker's looking really good. I think he's looking a lot thicker than he, than he normally has. Uh, he's backing up. Um, quickly after another fight, so he, he, he's going to be fit for the fight. Uh, so I, I look, I think five bucks is overs, you know, especially in a heavyweight boxing match. Um, and the other one, Otto Whalen up against Anthony Joshua here, used to be his his uh, sparring partner, uh, Anthony Joshua here. Otto Whalen, of course, um, also went up against Tyson Fury and, and, and split him, you know, put that big cut over his right, right eyebrow uh, and fights that unorthodox... Uh, uh, Southpaw that that Joshua doesn't like, so you know they're not straightforward fights, Rick. Both the the fight for uh, Joshua or or uh, Dante Wilder. They, I, I think Dante Wilder's maybe shown a little bit too much confidence against Joe Parker. I think Joe Parker is a different different boxer at the moment. The big one for me is how, how does Anthony Joshua bounce back? Because apparently, when he lost that last fight to Usyk, he actually went home and threw all his bouts in the in the in the river. Um, he was he was that distraught. So, you know, when you when you're talking about the emotions that he went through post Usak, uh, Anthony Joshua, and and now he's coming back. He's got a he's fighting another unorthodox boxer, um, and and he and he has had a couple couple since. But uh, this one here on the big stage in Saudi Arabia, Arabia, potentially with a fight against Wilder. Well, could either be Tyson Fury as well. Don't know if he wants to go around with Usyk again. There's actually quite a lot when you think about it riding on the on the on the fight for a number of, of boxers. Um, those three especially Parker, Wilder and Usyk uh, and yeah. Joshua. I just heard from uh, Joseph Parker as well. I'd messaged him earlier in the week. He's uh, on his way to Dublin. 
um, for a training camp in Dublin. So it's interesting. Uh, he said he's happy to talk to us a little bit later on. So uh, we will get uh, Joe on probably early next week and uh, talk about the way this is all coming together. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about size and height and things like that. Uh, Joe's not a small man, but at six foot four and a 76 inch reach, up against Deontay Wilder, six foot seven. 83-inch reach, so uh, that is a big, big difference. Uh, John has called through on 0800 150811 uh, to chat. Uh, morning, John. How are you doing? Oh, morning, guys. Hey, um, yeah, that is a big difference, but I know the weight advantage will probably be with uh, Parker. I think um, Wilder's probably only just under 100 kgs. He's about so 97, similar, I think, yeah. Yeah, he's quite a similar build to a lot of the NBA players. Would it be two metres three or something like that? Um, yeah, two, 201 yeah. I think it is, but yeah. 201, yeah. Um, but just looking at Parker and how he's fought his last couple of fights, man, he looks good. He looks sharp. I think he's um, he's fixed the areas where he needed to. And I think the training with uh, the Gypsy King and, and all of those people over the, in the UK has paid dividends. It'll be interesting to see how Junior Far goes as well. Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen him in a while. No, you're right. Yeah, it will be. Hard. Uh, the other thing, I, I remember talking to Joe a while ago when he first started training with Andy Lee and uh, Tyson Fury. He said that the difference like you know, that he found was when he boxed under other coaches, it was about tactics, it was about boxing, it was about scoring points, it was all of that stuff. He said he started training with Andy Lee and Tyson Fury and all they talked about is how they could hurt their opponent. He said it was a yeah. whole different mindset. Yeah. It was a more killer killer mindset, you know. Yeah, and you can see that, the way he's fighting. I mean, although he hasn't fought anyone of of stature thus far since he's been with them, uh, he's knocked them out. And he, he looks uh, quite the beast, I think. It's going to be a really good fight. I don't think Wilder will knock him out. I think it'll probably come down to points decision. Um, but also Joshua, uh, he's got a lot to prove as well because his fighters uh, come out swinging if you've watched the press conference. And mm. he thinks that uh, Joshua... It's just a, a no man's land, and it's just trying to get. He's just angry that his titles are gone. Yeah, and he, he sort of made that. Uh, he made that well known, didn't he, um, Otto? When he was talking to Joshua, and Joshua biting back. Joshua's biting back on everyone. John, if you if you watch that uh, that whole interview, he's even even cross, crossing tables with uh, other fighters. So, uh, do you think he's <laughs> mentally? You think he's mentally ready to come back? Um. I think there's a lot of un- unfinished business with Joshua. I think he will win, probably on points as well. Um, but yeah, it just sounds like he's uh, he, he's angry with everyone who are, who are disrespecting his name because he's lost. Um, but just before I go, I want to talk about the young Samoan Australian Opataya. Uh, he's he's really looking good, boys. And I think he's mm. under um, Lonigan, eh? Lonigan and the boys. I think they're they're managing him, so I think he's probably one to watch, and he's probably going to hold his world title for a long time. Yeah, Lonigan getting paid—that's what we like to see. That's what we like to see. Yeah, Jay, Jay <laughs> Pattaya, and no one's been able to get close to him, mate, of late. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, thanks very much for your call, John. Have you got anything before you before you go? Have you got anything for Kempi's kicker? You got an option for Kempi's kicker for the weekend? <laughs> um, nah, I don't. I don't. Sorry, boys. All right, no worries. Thanks, John. Thanks for your call. It's not the league season, eh, John? It's not the league season or the breakfast season. (laughs) Dave Dave from Caraca has texted through on double eight double three. Keen to hear from you as well. And uh, 
Dave, I hope you hope you're okay, buddy, because he's he's texted through. And he said, "Look, I'm uh, I'm listening from a hospital bed for Kempi's kicker, uh, so I hope you're good, brother, and that you're back on your feet shortly." But uh, this is an interesting one: the United Rugby Championship, which is the one that is Scotland, Ireland, Wales, uh, Italy, and South African teams, and uh, he's given us a couple of looks up here, and he has said uh, you should have a look at uh, Edinburgh, uh, twelve and under. And Cardiff 12 and under. Now, I'm just looking at these at the moment. Edinburgh host the Bulls, and they are favourites. They're paying $1.62 head-to-head. You can get two ninety on them unders, Kempe, which is not bad at all. And uh, who was the other one? The Card- uh, Cardiff uh, side, uh, Cardiff Rugby. They are also favourites against Zebra, one of the Italian teams, and not one of the better, uh, the Benetton are the better of their two Italian teams. And you can get Cardiff at $2.90 as well. So that's a... A two dollar, a two two dollar ninety shots multied up. What do you reckon is an option for Dave from Karaka? And not bad, not bad because now we, now you're talking, you get up around seven bucks there. So, um, yep. Thank you, Dave. Hope you hope you're uh, recovering well, mate. Um, and listening to the show, good on you. Let's uh, let's have a look. That was twelve and under. Those yep. two dollar ninety shots, twelve and under. Yep. Both 12 and under, mate. So, yeah, worth a look. Worth a look. There you go. Keep those rolling through. We're going to announce the winner of uh, Kempi's Kicker real soon. Up next, we're going to announce the winner of Who Am I? and that $100 Adidas golf voucher. It is 8.19 here on SENZ. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. It is 8.24 here on Izzy in Kempe for breakfast. Double eight double three is the text line 0800 150 811. Of course, we have Who Am I? We'll be giving away a $100 Adidas golf voucher. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here are the three clues for you. Uh, before we announce our winner, I have captained my country internationally and announced my full retirement February this year. Clue two, I played for the Auckland Aces, despite not being a Kiwi. And clue number three, it's my birthday today. I've scored 19 centuries in international cricket, but also made a big impact on domestic comps, having played for nine different IPL franchises. So he just needs one for the full house, doesn't he? The answer, correct answer, is Aaron Finch. And congratulations to Richie, who texted through on double eight double three with the correct answer. So well done, Richie. Someone will get in touch and make sure you're all teed up with that $100 Adidas golf voucher as well. And uh, Kempe, uh, we are looking for options, aren't we, for Kempe's kicker, $50 uh, uh, bonus bet that we get to put on. And uh, if it comes in and then we split the funds, uh, I'm, I, I think I'm going to go with Dave from Caracas' option that I mentioned just before. I, I think it's really good. United Rugby Comp, Edinburgh to win 12 and under, Cardiff to win 12 and under. They're favourite in both games. And uh, one is playing the Bulls, one is playing Zebra away in Italy. So I think unders is probably about right. And I think uh, two ninety a piece, that starts to multi up quite nicely. Yep, uh, that's a good call. And uh, yeah, let's hope we can get Dave paid uh, with that one, Rick. Because I've got a couple that I like. I like Kev from Tuturangi, but I'm actually going to go with Barry, who's chosen, I think it's a, a decent bet, Alhambra Lad out of Caulfield in race three on Saturday. Uh, number one, it's carrying a little bit of weight, but uh, top four paying four bucks. I think that's a that's a decent uh, decent bet in a field where uh, it is the class horse and just has to carry that weight home into the top four. So that's paying four dollars. What's that pay, Robbie? If we put fifty bucks on that, it returns thirty three sixty four, which is uh, sixteen hundred and eighty two. 
There you go, and that's what we want. Get it in there. Get it in there. India. Get it. Get amongst it. Get amongst it. There you go. That is Kempe's kicker. So uh, that comes in. We'll split the funds. All right. That's how the deal works. And uh, Dave, once again, uh, good luck to you in the hospital bed. Hope everything's all right, mate. And you're back on your feet uh, real soon. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's never fun. Never fun being there and done that. And, uh, yeah, quite happy not to do it again uh, for a little while. Uh, what else, uh, Kempe, do you like? I mean, I know you're going to be busy this weekend. There's still lots going on for Cup Week. Yeah, look, I, I, I do like uh, Robbie Patterson's couple. He's also got another one called Sinbin running around today. So he's got a few down in Trentham, but uh, Mary Louise, I think, is a decent each-way bet. Um, a second-to-last race go, going into his uh, time's up in the last is a, is a little multi. Uh, I think Sammy Burdison, they've got a, they've got a really good book. Uh, I quite like a couple that they've got in there. Look, I, I think um, Star of Justice and Viva Vienna are two very good horses in the in the cut and the big race, um, they look if they get if they get a run that Viva Vienna, it's it, it's it's anything you know, good horse and on the bubbles in there. Um, but you know, I think if you just have a look at uh, where they're coming from, if they get a decent run, um, the Tangerine Armies they'll get they'll get one or two uh, winners in there. So yeah, for me. I'll just be taking my time, Rick. I'll be building a little multi, uh, and I'll be starting with Robbie Patterson today, I think, and uh, Mary Louise. I think Mary Louise is a decent bet today. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, now, uh, we did put out there for our Choices Flooring poll. Uh, we thought it was quite an easy one. you got two options because, of course, the Cricket World Cup final is on on Sunday night, and we have live coverage here on SCNZ from 9 o'clock. It's going to be between India and Australia. Who do you want to win it? Who will you be supporting in the Cricket World Cup final? Let us know. Go to the SEN app. Find Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and vote. And there will bring you the results of that poll real soon. Let's catch up now with Aroha for the latest in news with Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. We're 29 away from 9 o'clock. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Here are your choices flooring poll results. All you have to do is go to the SEN app and then Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Below that is the poll. Who do you want to win the Cricket World Cup now? India or Australia? You had two choices and here are the results. Unsurprising. To be honest, I'm a little surprised that there are as many for Australia as there are. 74% want India to win, 26% want Australia to win. Uh, that is the result of the poll. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with choices, flooring, room view. Uh, check out the Grand Tour hub at tab.co.nz as well. Bet safely. R18, Pip Morris uh, joins us from the TAB. Good morning, Pip. How are you? Pepper's not picking up. That's how she is. Um, okay. All right. Well, that, that was easy. That was, that was easy. easy. Hey, there's there's a couple of... See, I didn't get to talk to Sammy Burgesson, but not only are they down at Rickerton, but they're all across Tauranga on Saturday as well. And there's a couple there, if you're, if you're looking to have a bet, um, that I really like. In the first there, they've got Rule of Law. All right. And that, uh, written by Vinnie Colgan, one last last start. Top weight, only carrying 57. Should get the job done at $3.80. So that's rule of law. Chuck that, chuck that one in your multis. Dollar fifty-five if you're a place multi better like I am, and uh, also another uh, real good uh, one in good form. And there's a couple of really good horses in there, including my mate's uh, 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 good horse, Pre- Prestefer. Um, 
bucket uh, who played played rugby league with down at Taranaki, uh, Brando is in really good form, and that's paying three dollars sixty. I think that I think both of those horses will be really hard to beat in Tauranga as well, um, Rick. And the one that I was trying to get out before that I like, I think Star Star of Justice. If you go to the the big race down in Rickerton um, on Saturday. I actually think Star of Justice in the Thousand Guineas, the Group One, with Opie on the back, it it, uh, it opened at eight bucks. Uh, I think if it can get the run, it's in very very good form. Uh, it p- possibly can get the get the job done. And we just saw what Warren Kennedy could have uh, could do with Fashion Shoot. They drew they drew the thirteen gate um, on that horse as well. Opie just needs to get it sat in the right spot. And I think Star of Justice flies home in the Guineas, the Thousand Guineas, three three year old um, race over the mile on Saturday down there in Rickerton. So, if you're looking at the Tangerine Army, the three best for me on the weekend, those were them. Uh, uh, Star of Justice, I think Brando, and of course, if you want to uh, throw one in there too, Rule of Law uh, should be hard to beat. Well, there you go. All right, uh, Rule of Law, one to look out for. Actually, I was looking at the. Uh at the NFL, mate, there's a there's a game on today. Uh, the Ravens and the Bengals. I think the uh, Ravens get it done today at a buck fifty-one. But there's a game on Monday morning at seven o'clock, uh, and uh, that is between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns have lost to Sean Watson for the season, and the Steelers are still playing at buck ninety-two. So I reckon you get on them. Uh, uh, Dan Raphael has just called through to the show. Uh, Dan, good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on. Hey, mate, anytime, anytime. We're excited to talk about this big card coming out of Saudi Arabia. It is an absolute stacked card. Can you remember a card with as many big fights on it as this in recent times? I mean, in recent times, that depends what you, how you define recent. But uh, I, I guess the answer is no. I remember cards, you know, from, you know, many years ago. I mean, when I was starting out covering fights, for example, or I mean, it was probably a few years after I started. I remember a huge card in Atlantic City, New Jersey, that Don King promoted, where the entire card was eight fights, and all eight fights were world title fights. It's the first time in the history and only time in the history of boxing that there have been eight world title fights on the same show, including uh, two fights that were for the undisputed title. This is back when Bernard Hopkins was the middleweight champion defending against William Joppe. And also you had the uh, unification for undisputed between Ricardo Mayorga and Corey Spinks, not to mention the heavyweight title fight with Hasim Rockman against John Ruiz and Zab Judah in a world title fight and a cruiserweight world title fight. There was just a ton of guys on that show. Uh, but in the, in the more recent times, like, you know, last oh, quite a while, there hasn't been. You have to go back, like I said, to those to that card I mentioned to you and then to some of the mega cards that Don King promoted in the, probably the late 90s that were often – related to uh, where the main events were for Julio Cesar Chavez. And then there was huge amounts of title fights and big names matched up with each other on the undercards. But uh, the December 23rd card's a big show. I mean, especially if you like heavyweights. Yeah, Julio Chavez, he was he was one hell of a boxer too, Dan. What do you, Dan, what do you think the purse is worth? Because this, this, the Arabians, they must be absolutely digging out the gold, mate, to get this uh, across the line. Because it's it's, they're not cheap fights. Not at all. And a matter of fact, uh, you know, that's the reason why these are happening. Because by the you said, when, when you when you introduced me, you said, you know, we're talking about this big card in Saudi Arabia. And I, my question to you is, which one? Because they had the big card a few weeks ago where Tyson Fury fought against Francis Ngannou, 
which also had a bunch of heavyweight fights, maybe not the same level as the ones we'll see coming up on December 23rd. Now they obviously uh, had a big press conference yesterday on the December 23rd card that has all those fights we just were talking about. And then just today, you know, just ended a few minutes ago, was the, was the introductory press conference that they had also in London, uh, also bankrolled by the Saudis, to formally announce the date and the new, the new date for Fury versus Alexander Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight title, which is going to be February 17th, also in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So they've had two press conferences in two days to announce those two fights. They just had the fight between Fury and Naganu a few weeks ago. Talk about how much money it is. You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars to do all these events. But the thing about it is, for the Saudis, uh, for them to come up with a couple hundred million dollars, it's like if you and me went for coffee. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, they, have, they have more money than they can possibly know what to do with. So they have this office in their country, the General Entertainment Authority. It's kind of like advertising. If you're a boxing promoter, typically you want to put on an event that's going to generate revenue that's going to be more than you spend. So you can make money. The fighters make money. Everybody makes money. Saudi Arabians, the way that they're operating, I don't think they want to like lose money and waste their money. But they view it more as an advertising thing. It's like if you were to buy a television commercial in the Super Bowl. Here in America, they charge $7 million for a 30-second commercial in the Super Bowl. For the folks in Saudi Arabia, when they put on these types of events, it's sort of that similar mindset. It's an advertisement. They want to bring these massive events to their country to show it off to the rest of the world to say, hey, come visit Saudi Arabia. We've got plenty to offer. And they do these huge sports events. They do big music uh, concerts. They have this Riyadh season festival, you know, culture, food, sports, entertainment, music. And this is part of it. So they're making this play in boxing and they're going to do these huge cards. And this is one of them. So it's costing huge amounts of money to the thought of normal people in terms of what our finances are. But for them, it's it's just part of the budget. Yeah, just part of the budget indeed, and we're seeing it. Uh, they're splashing money on golf, on, on football, and now on boxing as well. Uh, on the card, Joshua versus Otto Valen at the top there. Um, this is a must-win for Anthony Joshua, isn't it? Do you think it's a safe fight for him, or do you think there's some risk here? Well, I think, first of all, at that, at le- at that level of heavyweight boxing, they're pretty much all must-win fights. Uh, and as you mentioned with Joshua, yes, because uh, he's had the two wins since the two losses to Usyk. Uh, and it's not like he's getting any younger. So, yeah, it's an important win. And Otto Valin is a very solid, quality, professional heavyweight contender. He may not be number one or two or three, but it's not unreasonable if you were to rank the top 10 or 12 to find him sort of near the lower part of that group. But he's a quality guy. He gave Tyson Fury one of his toughest fights of his career, cut him open very severely. A lot of places, frankly, that I was at that fight. I thought that fight was going to be stopped at ringside. Uh, it went on, and Fury was able to get the win, and he deserved the win. But uh, Otto gave him a really tough fight that night. And, uh, you know, if Anthony, I don't think Anthony Joshua was sleeping on him, but uh, if he is, he'll get beat that night because that's the type of fighter that Otto is. Yeah, and, and is it, real, it really all set up for Joshua to fight um, Wilder in 2024, this, this, this big event? Well, that's what I think we all hope for, number one. I mean, we've wanted to see that fight for, for several years. I mean, I, I'm still annoyed that if you go back, I guess, maybe like four years ago or so, uh, when they both were uh, holding titles, they had all four belts between them. They were both undefeated. There was a lot of conversation that they would fight, and they negotiated, they talked, and never came to pass, and it should have happened back then. It would have been for the undisputed title, and they both would have been undefeated the winner. It didn't, it didn't happen, and they went their separate ways, and there's been various times of talking about it again. It's now back. Uh, as a conversation, and I'm hopeful they will. Now, the Saudis have brought them together to box in this card together, and to my knowledge, they have done so without there being a deal in place 
for them to fight each other next, which typically if you're going to spend that kind of money and put on that kind of promotion where the two guys are featured in separate fights, the idea is if they win, they're going to match them together. But because the Saudis, obviously the, 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 the economic muscle that they have right now that they're using in boxing, one would think that if they're both, both victorious, they will fight each other. Both of them said uh, at the press conference and in interviews after the press conference that absolutely they would like to fight each other. And so I'm hopeful uh, you know, if they're both successful in, in their in their fights on the 23rd, that that'll be the next fight because that would just be another huge fight that the Saudis would be able to line up. And I think there's a very good chance. I mean, De- Deontay Wilder said, you know, absolutely that's the fight he hopes is next. And, uh, you know, Joshua pretty much reiterated that, uh, not in the main press conference, but when he spoke to the to the TV folks afterwards, he said pretty much the same thing. So uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't fight. It's a huge fight. It's huge money for both of them. Fans won't have seen it for a long time. Frankly, it stacks up in the ring as a good fight. So, you know, I'm not sure where else the other guy is going to get that level of a fight. Mate, what about the, the Joe Parker, Deontay Wilder fight? I mean, I look at the win that Joe just had over Simon Keane. He was a 23-0 and undefeated fighter, and he started to show some power, some knockout power. While, you know, from down down this part of the world, we want to see Joe do well. Um, the perception is the Wilder struggles against guys who actually box rather than go out and, and just try and knock people out. How do you see this fight going? Well, I mean, I don't really put a huge amount of stock in the victory over Keen, who actually had one loss when they fought, and I'm not knocking the, the win. It was a good performance from Joe. It was a great knockout, a nice uppercut that ended the night early in the third round. Uh, and I was glad to see, you know, Joyce, uh, Joe Joyce gave uh, gave Joe Parker a very tough fight last fall, uh, had a big knockout. It was a tremendous fight, but, you know, Parker took quite a bit of punishment in that fight. I've always been a Joe Parker fan. I like him. I've covered some of his fights when he's fought here in the United States. He's a gentleman. Um, and I was glad to see him recover from the Joyce fight. He's now scored three wins in a row and, uh, you know, looked pretty good. Two knockouts and uh, another win that was, uh, you know, a, a decision that was uh, no no, no dispute or anything like that. Uh, and Wilder is, is a great opportunity for him because, first of all, if you followed Parker's career, this is not a guy that's ever ducked anybody. He's fought all the tough guys that, that have been presented to him. And Wilder's another one of those guys, and it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. I think if you're Parker, you're in a great position because you have Wilder coming off – uh, a, you know, a year, it'll be a year plus layoff. And even when he last fought, it was only a one round fight where he had a first round knockout against Robert Hellenius. Then you got to go back another year before that, where he had a brutal knockout loss in a very, very tough fight uh, against Tyson Fury, the second of two knockout losses in a row. So we're not really sure where Deontay is right now. Now he sounded good. He looked good at the press conference, but he's an older fighter. Now he's had a layoff. He's had some brutal knockout losses. I think this is a great opportunity for Joe to, to make another run if he can get past it. If he does, he's going to upset the apple cart quite a bit because you know he's going to ruin the fight with uh, with uh, with Anthony Joshua, assuming Joshua wins his fight. Uh, I think he's got a real a real chance to win this fight. Dan, appreciate your time, uh, my friend. Thanks very much for coming on and keep up the good work at Fight Freaks Unite as well. Uh, well worth subscribing to on Patreon. Appreciate that on Substack, but I appreciate the shout out. Yeah, no worries at all, man. No worries. It'll go well, and we will talk again soon. It is a quarter to nine here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is 11 away from 9 o'clock. A little bit late, but better late than never. It is Pip from the TAB. Check out Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Happy Friday to you, Pip. Happy Friday to you too, Ricardo. How are you this morning? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. What's, uh, what's exciting you this weekend in terms of uh, sporting front? 
Oh, plenty. Well, Cricket World Cup final, obviously. India's taking a lot of the early money in the head-to-head option, and Virat Kohli has twice as many top-run scorer bets on him than any other individual player, and I think it's like $3.20 for top-run scorer. Pip, what about the Guineas? That's where you are at the moment, down in Christchurch on Saturday. Look, I like one uh, star of justice. I think if uh, Opie can get it out, he's a definite chance. Yeah, look really good, didn't it? In the uh, previous race, look, Southern Guineas, best back Molly Bloom, Luberon, and Star of Justice Kempe, so is taking money there as well. There's $7,000 from the SNZ Punters Club on Molly Bloom as well at $4.20. And in that race, we'll start today because you've got the Dominion Trot at Addington. Muscle Mountain to win at $2 into Rickerton Saturday race 7, number 9, Molly Bloom, top 3 at $1.80. That's an SNZ multi, $30,000 at three sixty to return $108,000. Wow. Well, let's ride that one home. Um, let's hope Star of Justice has run second then, eh? <laughs> yeah, just for you guys. But no, I think <laughs> we've lost massive chance after last time in the Barnsley Farm Stakes. What else you got for us this weekend, Pip, before we let you go? Oh, we've got the Cup of Sport, New Zealand Cup Day at Rickerton. The best back in there is Waisaki. You're a star in Prismatic. There's been $500 on Prismatic at $21. And best back in the Stewards, not guilty. I'm wonderful tonight in Kana. And don't forget about Addington today. Bonus back available on the first four races. And DIY power plays, novelties, early crow on the Dominion Trot. There you good go, well, stuff, Pip. Pip. You, you have fun down there. It, uh, it, you have, you've had a good week so far? I have, and hey, look, it was, I slept in. It wasn't the alcohol this time. <laughs> I have, um, yeah, no, nah, it's been a great week, guys. Wonderful awesome. day on Tuesday. Great day yesterday, and looking forward to Saturday and working there as well. Oh, well, it's important to stay hydrated, Pip, so make sure you do that. Well done, mate. Uh, go well, and enjoy the weekend, eh? I will too. You guys Jess, check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. We are eight away from nine. Uh, three minutes away from nine o'clock. Daniel McCarty is back in the hot seat for Smithy after calling a hectic semi-final between the Black Caps and India. Morning, Daniel. How are you doing? Yeah, good, fella. What about yourselves? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. It was a, a different semi-final this morning, wasn't it, or last night between uh, South Africa and Australia. Nowhere near as many runs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Aussies won, but they didn't exactly fire with a bat either. No, but you could actually make an argument it was a more compelling of semi-final uh, because there, there seemed at times a genuine contest between bat and ball. Uh, there was a genuine contest between bat and ball for the opening 10 overs of when India bowled under the lights, but it was a bit of a procession. And I must admit, I, fours and sixes are great. That's fantastic. But that's the domain of T20 cricket. I actually, I'm, I'm a bit old-fashioned. I, I quite like the contest between bat and ball. So I found that game last night really compelling at times. Uh, the difference was the, the intent uh, with South Africa with the bat and the power play. There was none. You just look at what Head and Warner did in the opening five or six overs. And, and that really is the difference. So the chokers tag remains on South Africa. Uh, and Australia, as much as we struggle to... Um, to give them praise, you've just got to admire their big game temperament. I think, fellas, that's nine World Cup semis, and they might have lost one. Mm, uh, that, that's bad. that's really impressive. Uh, not bad at all. So we'll cover that off. We'll look at the final. Uh, Braces is going to join us. Uh, the great John Brace will join us after 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll open the lines immediately after 9 o'clock after I get down um, from the dais. Uh, to deliver uh, Smithy Sermon on his behalf. We've got the Bulletin with Ada McLaughlin also in the first hour. And we'll talk about a much-needed uh, morale-boosting win for the Breakers uh, in Tasmania, which is not an easy place to go. 
Isaiah Liafa from the greatest school of them all uh, comes up big in the last uh, few seconds with that steal to, to ice the game. So really important win for them in Tasmania. So uh, really keen to, to speak to fans. Yeah, um, nice, uh, About what's happened in the last couple of days and, and what lies ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, it uh, sounds like it's a, a big show, mate. Now, I don't know if you've heard the news yet, Daniel, but Des Buckingham's got a new job. Uh, the former yeah, Phoenix and New Zealand under-20s coach. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard this. So I think it was the Guardian uh, Football Weekly. I heard it during the week when they did an EFL show, um, and they, they mentioned uh, that he he was likely to get the job, and he has. Makes sense, doesn't it? I, I think it's a bit fanciful to think A League clubs could draw him back. Um, he, he's on a pretty high pay gig in India. Always felt like to me the UK or Europe was going to be the only sort of rod to reel him in. Rick Dog, you know the game well. I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about it. Yeah, no, 100%, mate. Just a pity that he can't be the coach of the new Auckland A-League franchise. We'll leave it there, Daniel. Have a great show, mate. We'll be back Monday from 6.